my so I wanted to record these because at times when I don't get to read you stories and I'm busy like right now at night you can sort of listen to these and go to sleep I'll be reading the stories that I have currently in my syllabus and for now that's that I'll be reading you more stories when I'm done with my eyes here right okay now the first story that I'll read you is Fritz Fritz Satyajitri after having stared at Jayanto for a whole minute, I could not help asking him, Are you well? You seem to be in low spirits today. Jayanto quickly lost his slightly preoccupied air, gave me a boyish smile and said, No, on the contrary, I'm feeling a lot better. This place is truly wonderful. You've been here before. Didn't you know how good it was? I'd nearly forgotten. Giant aside. Now, some of my memories are coming back slowly. The bungalow certainly appears unchanged. I can even recognize some of the old furniture such as these keen chairs and tables. The bearer came in with tea and biscuits on a tree. I poured. When did you last come here? 31 years ago. I was 6 years old then. We were sitting in the garden of Circuit House in Bundi. We had arrived only that morning. Jayanto and I were old friends. We had gone to the same school and college. He now worked in the editorial division of a newspaper and I taught in a school. Although we had different kinds of jobs, it had not made any difference to our friendship. We had been planning a trip to Rajasthan for quite some time. The main difficulty lay in both of us being able to get away together. That had at last been made possible. Most people go to Jaipur, Udaipur or Chittor when they go to Rajasthan. But Jayanto kept talking about going to Bundi. I had no objection for having read Tagore's poem, The Fort of Bundi. I was certainly familiar with the name of the place and felt a pleasurable excitement at the prospect of actually seeing the fort. Not many people came to Bundi, but that did not mean that there was not thing much to see there. 
it could be that from the point of view of a historian that Udaipur, Jodhpur and Chittor had a lot more to offer but simply as a beautiful place, Bandi was perfect. However, Jayantu's repeated insistence on Bundi did puzzle me somewhat. I learnt the reason on the train when we were coming down. Jayanto's father, Animesh Dasgupta, had worked in the archaeological department. His work sometimes took him to the historical places and Jayanto had, as a child, come to Bundi. He had always wanted to return after growing up, just to see how much the modern Bundi compared to the image he had in his mind. The circuit house was really rather splendid. Built during the time of the British, it must have been at least a hundred years old. It was a single-storied building with a sloping, tiled roof. The rooms were had the rooms were having high ceilings and the skylights had long dangling ropes which could be pulled to open and shut them. The veranda faced the east. Right opposite it was a huge garden with a large number of roses in the full bloom. Behind these were a lot of trees which obviously housed a vast section of local birds. Parrots could be seen everywhere and peacocks could be heard, but only outside the compound. We had already been on a sightseeing tour of the town. The famous fort of Bundi was placed amidst the hills. We had seen it from a distance that day but decided to go back to take a closer look. The only reminders of modern times were the electric poles, otherwise it seemed as though we were back in old Rajputana. The streets were cobbled, the houses had balconies jutting out from the first floor, the carvings done on these and the wooden doors bore evidence of the work of master craftsmen. It was difficult to believe we are living in the age of machines. I noticed Jayanto had turned rather quiet after arriving in Bundi. Perhaps some of his memories had returned. It is easy enough to feel a little depressed when visiting a place one may have seen as a child. Besides, Jayanto was certainly more emotional than most people. Everyone knew that. He put his cup down on the table and said, You know, Shankar, it's really quite strange. The first time I came here, I used to sit cross-legged on these chairs. It seemed as though I was sitting on a throne. Now the chairs seem both small in size and very ordinary. The drawing room here used to seem absolutely enormous. If I hadn't returned, those memories would have remained stuck in my mind forever. I said, yes, that's perfectly natural. 
as a child one is small in size so everything else seems large and then one grows bigger with age but the size of all the other things remain the same doesn't it we went for a stroll in the garden after tea Giant Doe suddenly stopped walking and said, Deodar. I stared at him. A Deodar tree. It ought to be here somewhere, he said, and began striding towards the far end of the compound. Why did he suddenly think of a Deodar tree? A few seconds later, I heard his voice examining the place far away from the lawn yes it's here exactly where it was before of course it is where it was before i said would a tree go roaming about giant shook his head impatiently no that is not what i meant all i meant was that the tree is where i thought it might be but why did you suddenly think of a tree? Giant stared, stared at the trunk of the tree, frowning. Then he shook his head slowly and said, I can't remember that now. Something had brought me near the tree. I had done something here. A European. European? No, I cannot recall anything at all. Memory is a strange business. They had a good cook in the circuit house. Later in the evening, while we sat at the oval dining table having dinner, Giant said, The cook they had in those days was called Delaware. He had a scar on his left cheek and his eyes were always red. But he was an excellent cook. Giantus' memories began returning one by one soon after dinner when we went back to the drawing room. He could recall where his father used to sit and smoke a cheroot, where his mother used to knit and what magazines lay on the table. And slowly... In bits and pieces, he recalled the whole business about his doll. It was not the usual kind of doll little girls play with. One of Giantus' uncles had brought it for him from Switzerland. A twelve-inch long figure of an old man dressed in traditional Swiss style. Apparently, it was very lifelike. Although it was not mechanized, it was possible to bend and twist its limbs. Its face, its face had a smile on it, and on its head it wore a Swiss cap with a little yellow feather sticking out from it. Its clothes, especially in their little details, were perfect. Belt buttons, pockets, collars, socks. There were even little buckles on the shoes. 
His uncle had returned from Europe shortly before Jayanto left for Bundi with his parents. The little old man had been bought in a village in Switzerland. The man who sold him had jokingly said to Jayanto's uncle, He is called Fritz. You must call him by this name. He won't respond to any other. Jayanto said, I had a lot of toys when I was small. My parents gave me practically everything I wanted, perhaps because I was their only child. But once I had friends, I forgot about all my other toys. I played only with him. A time came when I began to spend hours just talking to him. Our conversation had to be one-sided, of course, but Fritz had such a funny smile on his lips and such a look in his eyes that it seemed to me as though he could actually understand every word. Sometimes I wondered if he could converse with me if I would speak to him in German. Now it seems like a childish fantasy. But at the time, the whole thing was very real to me. My parents did not. Did warn me to not overdo things, but I listened to no one. I had not yet been put in a school, so I had only time in the world for Fritz. Jayanto fell silent. I looked at my watch and realized it was 9.30 p.m. It was very quiet outside. We were sitting in the drawing room of the circuit house. An oil lamp burnt in the room. I asked, what happened to the doll? Jayanto was still deep in thought. His answer to my question came so late that by the time I had started to think that he did not hear me at all. I had brought it to Bundi. It was destroyed here. Destroyed? How? Jayanto sighed. We were sitting out on the lawn loving tea. I had kept the doll by my side on the grass. I was not really old enough to have tea, but I insisted, and in the process, the cough filled to the brim had tilted and some of the hot tea fell on my pants. I ran inside to change and came back to find that Fritz had disappeared. I looked around and found quite soon that a couple of stray dogs were having a nice tug of war with Fritz. Although he didn't actually come apart, his face was battered beyond recognition and his clothes were torn. In other words, Fritz did not exist for me anymore. He was dead. And then, Giantos story intrigued me. What could possibly happen after that? I arranged his funeral, that's all. Meaning? 
I buried him under that deodar tree. I had wanted to make a coffin. Fritz was, after all, a European. But I could find nothing, not even a little box. So in the end, I buried him just like that. At last, the mystery of the deodar tree was solved. Okay, so this is, let's say, the first part of this story. And now the suspense is building up. Uh, and soon you'll see things related to this doll and how things start happening in the second part. Stay tuned.